Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Gals Chat Podcast. This is your co-host, Amy. And this is your co-host, Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Finula O'Reilly, who is going to talk to us about her journey as an engineer, beauty pageant title holder, and entrepreneur. Finula O'Reilly is an Irish-American model and engineer who recently made history as first woman of color to represent Ireland at the International Miss Universe pageant. Since obtaining her degree in systems engineering from George Washington University, O'Reilly, who goes by FIG, has gone on to become a NASA data knot. Fig recently joined Mission Unstoppable as the newest correspondent and is also the founder and CEO of Reach Productions, a STEM education advancing production company that produces science, technology, engineering, and math-centered events, programming, and media. Welcome, Fig. Welcome, Fig. Fig. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. I'm really excited to get to know you better. I mean, we've pretty much known each other through like the social media STEM community online for, I would say, many years now. But I don't think we've personally got to connect and get to know each other on a, you know, personal level before. You know, it's so funny. Uh, Social media, it makes it so easy to connect with communities and with people that you may have not ever met in real life. I've been aware of the Engineering Gals Instagram community for a while now. Yeah, it's been a while. So it is good to connect with you guys and to be able to finally chat. Yeah, we're so excited to get to know you more. So to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? What piqued your interest in engineering? What types of projects do you work on as a systems engineer? Like, Tell us more about you because I feel like you do a lot. I I have a lot of varying interests. I mean, you guys did, you hit the nail on the head with some of the things that you previously mentioned. Right now, I'm a correspondent on CBS's Mission Unstoppable, which is a television series um, we're currently airing. We're in season two. So if you're listening to this, you should check it out. It's really cool. It's hosted by Miranda Cosgrove, and she's also an executive producer, along with Gina Davis, who's like a really amazing Hollywood legend. Uh, You guys may remember her from like Beetlejuice. I I remember watching her in that movie when I was a kid. And even our showrunner, Anna Winger, where it's, it, it really, it's, headed by a lot of really awesome women, which is really great because the show is all about spotlighting women in STEM who have just some really fantastic careers and also just teaching science in a really fun new way because I think historically, you know, it's kind of been a a, a boys' game when it comes to science communication. You know, I, I remember growing up watching Bill Nye the Science Guy and Carl Sagan and everything, but now, you know, the women are taking over and we're kind we're kind of showing a a new take on on all things science on tv so it's it's a lot of fun and i get to travel um all over the u.s and and meet some really really cool women that do some really awesome things in stem and as you know a woman in stem myself it's it's really fun to be able to meet so many people that have such varying interests and even seeing the way that we can talk about certain subjects that, you know, maybe people didn't relate it to science, seeing how we can relate those subjects on screen and reach more viewers. It's it's a really fun project to be a part of. And I'm very grateful that I get to work with such an amazing team. 
So yeah, so that's one of the things that I do currently. And then also I am a beauty pageant title holder. Uh, if you guys are familiar with the beauty world, you may have heard of a little tiny thing called the Miss Universe <laughs> pageant. <laughs> <laughs> just a tiny, tiny bit <laughs> only the olympics of the beauty world right um yeah. but i in 2018 i was crowned miss universe ireland and uh i was the first woman of color and the first black woman to to have been crowned miss universe ireland so for anyone wondering what my background is i am half irish and half american my dad is a white irish guy and my mom is a black american woman and they met in in the u.s my dad won a visa lottery to america and uh, he met my mom and moved back to ireland to start a family and and then my dad enlisted in the United States Army. And so what happened next is my family went on, you know, a worldwide adventure for, for the next um, couple of decades, actually. My dad's still in the U.S. military, almost three decades now. But so I, I come from a very transient family, but I, I have a lot of uh, family and a lot of culture in both the U.S. and Ireland. And, and so it was very special to me when I won um, Miss Universe Ireland and was the first woman of color to do so because it just it was just phenomenal phenomenal experience and being able to um, use the platform to speak about a lot of the things that really matter to me. It's just been a really fantastic honor. And also now I, I do a lot of work in science, technology, engineering, and math myself. My background is as a systems engineer. Uh, I graduated from the George Washington University with a BS in systems engineering. And then I went on to become a NASA data knot, which is a really awesome program. Uh, in 2018, I believe, yeah, I, be, uh, I became a NASA data knot. And the program essentially is a program that grew out of a, an a women in data initiative over at NASA HQ in Washington, DC. And I applied to the program because uh, I was starting to work in technology, information technology and data. And I was gaining a lot of skill sets uh, in the data science world, data visualizations, um, a lot of uh, coding, for example, I've been coding since I was 15, but I was gaining more skill sets in this area. And so I started working um, as an asset data knot, which was just phenomenal because it never occurred to me that I could be working in the arena of aerospace and space innovation in general. And so since then, uh, I, I've done a lot of work to also advocate for women and diversity in STEM because through my experiences, even from college to working in the industry, I've realized that there are so many Things. There are so many uh, uh, barriers and obstacles that women and women women of color have they have to deal with and go through uh, working in such a male dominated industry. So it's definitely been important for me to to be able to do as much as I can to to open up these pipelines um, so that more women and girls can you know get into this industry in the first place. But then also you know do what I can to help 
give more girls and women the skill sets that they need to to reach the upper echelons in their career because you know it, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of effort you know to to get to these higher ranks but I think more women deserve to be at these tables creating innovation for the future so so yeah so those are just a couple of the the things that I've been doing these last couple of years it has been a really wild fun ride <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah it's I feel like it's it's been very rewarding because I think you, you brought you guys probably can relate I think working in STEM it just you feel like you know, you can create so many different things with the knowledge that you have. And I think that's uh, one of the, the greatest confidence boosters, you know, that this industry has given me. I love that answer. I feel like I'm speechless at the time. <laughs> but thank you. Damn, like, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I have so many questions that we didn't necessarily like write down. But can you share a little bit more about maybe your journey to becoming like a NASA data knot? What is that program? Like, how did you land that job? Was it right after graduation? I feel like I'm, I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, I don't know if you wanted to um, add anything in. No, yeah, I think that's amazing. I feel like you do definitely a lot, and and um, I would love to learn more about the data knot as well because I don't know if the listeners necessarily know like how like if somebody did want to become a data knot like what is that and how could they you know become one themselves I think that'd be really helpful too yeah we've had a couple um, NASA people on the podcast but I don't think this is my first time hearing about NASA data knot. Yeah. Yeah. But so absolutely. The Data Nuts program, it started uh, out of this open innovation initiative for women in data at NASA. NASA has realized that there's not enough women working in data science, among other technology and STEM fields. But data science was definitely one area that they were uh, that they were recognizing that, hey, we can do something about this. So there was a, a women in data initiative, and then that turned into starting the Data Nuts program. And I, I just applied. I had a friend who had told me about the program, and I didn't apply to it for about a year. If you do a simple Google search, it'll come up. If you type in NASA Data Nuts, it'll come up, and, and you'll see what the, the requirements are. Now, I'll tell you this. I, the program, it's made up of so many different kinds of uh, technologists and people who have so many different backgrounds in tech. I, it's hard to even narrow down the field, but in in some way, shape, or form, uh, I'd say that many of us have uh, skills in da in data science. But not everyone is uh, an engineer, for example. Um, not everyone has you know a traditional ha has gone on the traditional trajectory for even becoming you know a coder. For for me, I went through for you know I went through the four year system of university. But there's other ways to become someone that works in technology. There's so many different ways, which I think is a really great thing because um, having a diverse background really can lend itself to your experiences and what you can bring to the table. And, but yeah, I just, I applied to the program. A friend of mine uh, from my university days had uh, applied. Uh, it was not, it was not my first year out of college. I had, uh, I had begun already working in the 
information technology space in Washington, D.C., but I was still trying to, you know, gather my bearings as a new college graduate. And it's really difficult to figure out, okay, where am I going to apply my skills and knowledge? Which industry, right? And then sometimes it's not even up to you. Sometimes you just take the job offer that you're given, right? And you're just like, yes, I'm making money now that I'm out of college. I think, you know, I've been there as well. When you're just leaving college and it can be nerve wracking trying to figure out what what your next steps are going to be. But yeah, I had a, a couple years, I think like a year or two uh, of experience working in IT. And then I realized I was interested in data, uh, but it wasn't until, you know, I, I, I did shoot off that application, not expecting much of anything. I had applied and applied to so many different programs and so many different things, just trying to figure out what it was that I was interested in kind of narrowing in on. But the space industry, space data, that was not something that I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't one of those kids that grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to be an astronaut one day. That wasn't necessarily my thought process. And then I, I was accepted. And accepted to the NASA data knots program. And I also was a bit nervous because I had been modeling since, uh, professionally since I was 19. I, I signed my first contract in Milan in Italy um, at 19. And I was going back and forth between my uni- between university and modeling. And there were parts of me that felt like I had to keep my interests separate uh, based off of how I could potentially be perceived in either industry. And so I was quite nervous because I was concerned that if, <laughs> if an employer Googled me on the internet, they were going to see that. Fashion, fashion pictures and they you know I, I just had no idea if that was going to to be a negative or if it was going to be just fine so when I applied to the data nuts program there was there was a section where it said you know tell us a bit more about yourself what are what are you also interested in and I I, I actually wrote a lot about um, my interests in beauty and fashion and all this other work that I did and I think it just it, it was maybe you know I, I I can't know for sure I never went to back to the program and and asked but I feel like it was n- nice at least from my perspective to be able to share something that was just unique and different outside of my my engineering background. Um, And hopefully it was it was a positive thing, I think, you know, to show that, you know, you're a a woman of many talents, and you can be uh, multifaceted in so many different ways. And and now, uh, even looking back at that experience, I look at so many women in the industry, even the women that are on Mission Unstoppable, and getting to know them a bit here and a bit more there. I'm just so impressed that, you know, so many more people are showing their wide ver- a wide variety of interests and in showing how dynamic women can be because especially women in STEM, uh, there are a lot of stereotypes that we hold them to. You know, if you're a smart woman, you're just going to be a smart woman. You can't be all of these other things. I think that's been a stereotype for quite some time, but I'm, I'm really glad the last couple of years, at least I've been seeing that, um, the landscape for women in STEM is changing. And I think there are a lot of women that are uh, breaking uh, the mold when it comes to what we expect from women that come from these kinds of industries. I agree. I think there's definitely been a really big shift towards seeing that representation for a multidimensional woman in engineering or STEM Uh, related careers. And you're like a really good example for that. And I think a lot of women in engineering or STEM careers do 
have many like side hobbies, side hustles, passion for fashion, beauty, all of those things. And those things are just as important and make you a better engineer and well-rounded person. And I totally get what you mean. I definitely feel like growing up, I did have to feel like I was being put into a box rather than just being, you know, be able to do both, you know. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. So what first piqued your interest in engineering in like the first place? Oh, well, I went to this summer program at UC Berkeley when I was 15. Well, between ages 15 to 17. So I went for three summers. And I had been living in San Francisco at the time. uh, And I moved shortly thereafter. But no matter where I was in the world, wherever we moved off to, my parents luckily worked really, really hard to be able to send me back to this program. So I had this experience. And it was phenomenal. I went, I, I attended the, it's called the Summer Math and Science Honors Academy, the Smash Academy. And they're still in operation today. Uh, I, it's some, I'd highly recommend if you're interested in getting more STEM experience, living on a college campus, check them out. Because you know what? That was my very first uh, experience into this world of engineering. And I'd never seen a woman um, who, or I'd never met a woman who was an en- engineer. I'd never met a, 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 a person of color who was an engineer until I went to this program. And so it just really opened up my eyes. It, when I was, th- this program, I it allowed me to do things that I hadn't been able to do before. So I first started coding when I was 15 at this program. I was around like-minded students that uh, we really could just talk shop in a way that, you know, maybe... I couldn't have done it um, year, you know, year round at, at other schools that I attended because not everybody had the same interests. But at this program, a lot of us shared the same interests when it came to you know, um, math and science and all of those kinds of uh, courses. And I'd say that's around the time also it, I really just learned what it meant to be an engineer. I, I knew that engineers made things, but you know. To a 15-year-old, what does an engineer do on a daily basis? I had no idea, right? <laughs> so what do you do? Um, and, 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 but through this program, it, it, it all was demystified, and I finally got to understand what it really meant to be an engineer. And so by the time I was applying to college and to, uh, to university, I knew that I wanted to apply with an engineering degree. And so I just – from then on, it was just figuring out figuring – out okay, what kind of engineering do I want to do? And I had to narrow in on some of those programs. You know, it just took a lot of research, a lot of Googling, uh, checking schools out and seeing what programs they offered, the the courses that you'd be studying. It took a lot of that kind of, you know, um, in the weeds researching. But it was great because I, I settled on systems engineering, which is a newer form of um, engineering that kind of came about, I think, in the 1970s. And systems engineering, it's an interdisciplinary field of engineering that focuses on how to design, integrate, and manage complex systems over their life cycles. So you're talking about risk management, optimization methods, um, work processes. And when you talk about systems so many different things can be a system, right? You're using a lot of analytical methods to be able to optimize these systems, you know, but it could be anything from a transportation system like railroads or even buses or the metro to um, 
something else like in biomedical engineering, um, you know, in, in biology, even the circulatory system is a system, right? Um, so it could be applied to a lot of different industries, I'd say, which is why it's so very useful in, in a wide variety of uh, industries. It's uh, useful, I think, um, in general. I'm, I'm very glad I chose this kind of engineering because I think it can be applied to a lot of different jobs, which is one of the reasons why it attracted to me. It attracted me to it in the first place. Right. That's very interesting. So then how did you end up deciding to run for Miss Universe Ireland? Is that something that you always knew you wanted to do? Or is that something that you kind of went into since you had been modeling since you were, you know, 19 years old? Yeah. And you mentioned that you went kind of back and forth when you were at college. So you went to George Washington University and you were also modeling at the same time, right? Yes. I you know, I think modeling in the pageant world did not go hand in hand. Exactly. I think there was a time where pageantry was considered not as cool. <laughs> it was like, it was not as cool. And so when I first did my, when I did my very first pageant, uh, it was the Miss Freshman pageant of my university. And I wanted to do it because I'd never done a pageant. And I remember being in high school wishing that I could uh, enter in a pageant, but I came from a very tomboyish you know, family. And I, I felt like it would be so very embarrassing if I, if I did something like that, which I'm, I, I completely understand why I thought that way. But looking back, I'm like, why did I think that? That's terrible. It, it, <laughs> you, know, you should all, absolutely always go after uh, what it is that you think is interesting or things that you want to do. But I, you know, as a kid, uh, I think you get embarrassed. You don't want to stick your neck out. Sometimes it's just too difficult. And, and, but I'm glad that when I went to university, I think I kind of approached school with like, a, oh, it's a fresh start. Now's the time to try new things out. What have I always wanted to do? I've always wanted to try a pageant. And lo and behold, here was this Miss, Miss Freshman pageant that I could enter. Um, this was before I signed my, my first modeling contract. So I entered this pageant and I wound up winning. And it was such a great experience. I made friends from the pageant. Uh, I, I didn't think that I was going to have so much fun. And it, it just was a really great experience. And afterwards, I wound up uh, starting to model. And then I focused on that for a while. And I, I didn't do any more pageants um, for a couple of years. Uh, but then I did I did get back into pageants uh, because I did see the value. I saw the value of pageantry, even though I could tell that when I would tell some of my friends I was doing a pageant, I think some of them thought it was completely ridiculous. <laughs> I think they thought it was not that cool. But it's funny because it's it's cool when you win, but <laughs> it's suddenly cool when you win. Um, which is really hilarious. But I think, you know, it, that was all right, because I learned so much confidence from from entering the pageants. I did a couple more and I learned so much about myself along the way. And I, rem I had remembered watching the Miss Universe pageant as a kid. I remember seeing the women on the stage competing for the title of Miss Universe and thinking, wow, they are just so beautiful, so glamorous, and so just stunning. And uh, being, having the opportunity now down the road to have been one of those women on that stage, it really, it's a, a full circle moment. But I think, I think, you know, after my second or third pageant, you know, doing research, I easily realized, okay, Miss Universe, you know, that's, that's the Olympics of pageantry. And, um, 
if I want to keep doing, you know, pageants, you know, I'm kind of a competitive person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know myself if I'm if I'm going to keep doing pageants, you know, knowing myself, I was like, no, I need to I need to go to Miss Universe Ireland. I need to go for the Big Bang. Um, and then I, you know, you just do research, you learn more and more and more, and you learn more about yourself, you learn more about the system. And it just seemed like such a dream. It seemed so very far away, but just an absolute dream. And I'll tell you, when I when I was on stage, and they called my name, um, when I won, it, it really felt like I was walking in a dream. Um, asleep and awake at the same time because that's just just how dreamlike the whole experience was. My whole family was there, my grandmother, my aunts and uncles and my cousins, my mom and dad and all five of my sisters. I have five sisters. I'm one of six. Uh, And it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal journey. But it definitely was a journey. It wasn't something that I think I just decided one day, oh, I'll try for Miss Universe Ireland. It definitely took a lot of years leading up to that of, of really... Uh, deep diving and finding out more about myself and what are my goals and my passions and what 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 do I want out of this journey because uh, it really was all about the journey, um, not just uh, the the one final night when I was competing. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> just like yeah, me too. Yeah, you gave me the chills when you talked about how like you walked across the stage after they called your name and. It is really pretty much like a dream come true, right? Yeah. I know. I'm just like imagining that moment or the feeling that, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It gives me chills too. It's like uh, burned into my memory. I can – even as I talk about it, I can imagine exactly the room that I was in and everybody's faces in the crowd. <laughs> like it's, it's, I'll never forget it for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so – Tell us more about uh, CBS Mission Unstoppable. We mentioned it on the introduction, but uh, what are some things you're currently working on as a correspondent? How uh, so? Another you're able to tell us. <laughs> yeah. So so right now it's actually Space Week, um, and we are celebrating uh, over on our social media channels. Uh, CBS. If it's at CBS Unstoppable on. TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. And I am taking over Instagram on Thursday, I believe. It's either Thursday or Friday. I'm taking over Instagram this week. <laughs> but tomorrow, um, on May 4th at least, uh, on May 4th, I am doing a TikTok live with astronaut trainee Alyssa Carson. And I'm going to be asking her a lot of questions about her journey. And then also I'm going to be taking uh, over and, do, uh, and, and doing an, another TikTok interview with uh, her name, Sarah Trope. She is uh, a technical director, I believe. She's a yeah technical director at one of the companies that creates graphics and, and science and uh, all of the background technology for Star Wars and The Mandalorian. So uh, I'm going to be interviewing both of those women for Space Week and then also doing my own takeover of Mission Unstoppable's social media um, uh, for Space Week as well on Space Day. And um, that's one thing that we're working on. And then also I'm, I'm going to be on – I don't know if you've heard of Code with Klossy, uh, yeah. the organization by supermodel um, – Carly Kloss, uh, she she 
put together a really cool organization that helps to get um, more teenage girls and young girls access to coding through, I think, coding camps. Um, so I've also recently sat down with them. They have a podcast called Tech Setters in collaboration with If Then She Can organization, which also um, is a collaborator for Mission Unstoppable. So I sat down with Code with Classy Tech Setters podcast, and, and we talked a lot about the show and everything. Um, so, I mean... Hopefully some big things, you know, keep coming up for Mission Unstoppable. But right now we're we're in season two. It's airing every Saturday on CBS. That's where all the action is, is I'd say, for the most part. <laughs> that sounds so exciting. Another thing that we did touch upon a little bit was that you are the founder and CEO of Reach Productions. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about your company and like what your goals are with that? Yes. So Reach Productions is my latest venture, uh, my first entrepreneurial venture, and I'm really excited about it. One of my dreams has always to, uh, it's always been to be a a CEO, you know, a founder of my own organization, right? And um, the the production company, it's going to bring together a lot of the things that I love. But at the very basic level, it's a production company. And right now, though, uh, we are going to be working on projects that basically do a lot of the work that I've been doing just for di- different organizations. But now... Uh, I'm building out my own organization. So producing um, media and content and also events for uh, for a lot of different science, technology, engineering, and math kind of content, um, that's, that's where our focus is, being able to spotlight more women, more women of color, more people of color in underrepresented uh, industries like STEM, um, being able to storytell, being able to reach more audiences that are, you know, not maybe not, not necessarily the target demographic uh, um, of, of these kinds of programs. So by that, I mean, you know, reaching more people that may have not been, um, that may not have not had easy access to this kind of content. So more young girls, more people of color, more people that may have not seen themselves represented in these kinds of industries. Um, so we're going to start out with a couple of projects like that, uh, whether it's event-based. Um, we have a few event-based projects, and then also we're going to be starting some media projects. And I'm really excited just about growing this thing because I'm, I'm passionate about storytelling. I'm passionate about um, women and diversity, especially in STEM and any industry where they're underrepresented or their stories just simply haven't been told. Um, so being able to start my own production company and kind of tackle some of those those uh, those kinds of problems is, is really exciting. And, um, you know, it, we're still, we're still, um, uh, building everything out, but we're going to be launching, um, by the end of the year. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about that. <laughs> we're so excited to see everything that comes out out of this, um, passion project or, or business. We're so happy for you. This is very exciting and it definitely has a very impactful mission. So we're looking forward to support it any way that we can. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So with everything that you do or everything that you've done so far, have you faced any challenges in your journey? If so, how have you overcome them? Oh, so many. Um, 
There's always, yes, there's always, <laughs> the short answer is yes. Where do I even begin? There's always something. There's always something. Uh, of course, I've definitely encountered challenges that have made me either question my path or made me question my confidence or um, have just made me been impatient with my journey. There have definitely been challenges where I've said to myself, is, is this what I should be doing? Or maybe I'm not good enough or I don't, I don't know where this is taking me, right? I feel like we all have had maybe a couple of moments or more where we, we have those, those, those occurrences of, of either imposter, imposter syndrome or um, doubts of, of confidence or things, things along those lines where, you know, those are obstacles that we have to overcome. And to, to the way that I guess I've, I've kind of, combated these negative thoughts or um, these questions of my journey and my path, I think it just starts, it started with, yeah, refinding confidence and and trusting in my skill set and being able to uh, be authentic in who I am and not have to change for, for someone else. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past couple of years is to trust my instincts. And if it, fe- if it feels off, if, if it feels uncomfortable, then, then trust that. And, uh, also, you know, hyping, being your own hype woman <laughs> is, is really great. Being your own biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Um, when competing at Miss Universe, you know, you're competing on an international stage and there's a lot of eyes looking at you, right? Um, and it's a beauty pageant. So, you know, I know as well as everyone else that what's happening is I'm getting lined up next to other amazing and stellar women, and people decide off of what of, of a very of a very small narrow snapshot of who you are. They decide if they like you. They decide if they think you're beautiful. <laughs> they decide, you know, hmm, who should be the winner of this pageant? And and that definitely can come with a lot of pressure. Um, and that definitely can can make you wonder, okay, you know, did I do this well enough? Uh, and how, how do I feel today? And I think when it comes to confidence, the way that I get through that, I think, you know, wait a second, why, why should anybody else be a fan of me if I'm not a fan of myself? And so really, it's just it just boils down to loving and appreciating myself and valuing myself before anything else. Because I think, you know, you, you can't, um, ask for others to see the value in you if you don't see the value in yourself. And so with that being kind of like a base level uh, litmus test, I, I then say, well, let me focus on the things that make me the best version of me, right? So instead of worrying about other people's thoughts, I'm worrying about what makes me the best Fanula that, you know, that I can possibly be. And then going from there, I hope that what, I, what I'm doing resonates with people in a, in a good way and in a good light. And, and I think that has actually changed my, my confidence a lot because all you can do is work on yourself and, and care about yourself and love yourself and invest in yourself, right? Um, making sure that you take the time to invest in, in your, in your, um, in yourself in so many different ways, you know, from your education, which for me is like number one, um, but investing in your health and your wellness, um, investing in your relationships with others, making sure that you're communicating in a way that um, is is positive and uplifting. I think those have absolute those things have absolutely um, made me a more confident person, uh, and and therefore a person better able to. Um, to overcome obstacles as they come. 
Thank you so much for the advice. That was really good advice. I definitely could relate to a lot of that. What about you, Laura? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm actually, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm not kind of, yeah, I'm definitely going through that right now. Um, or I have been through the past like, few months, to be honest. And I feel like everything that you just said, I wish we had talked about this like a few months ago, <laughs> but it's definitely a lot clearer now. So I hope that to everyone that like listens to this, to really just hears and pays attention to your words, uh, Fig, because it, it, yeah, it's just, it makes so much sense. And it's extremely helpful to just have that support and being able to relate to someone who has gone through it. So yeah, That's thanks. <laughs> You know, we all do sometimes, and I appreciate your honesty and, and, and sharing where you're at with everything. But, you know, I think we all have those moments where we question ourselves, we question our abilities. We say, are we smart enough to do this job, you mm-hmm. know, engineering, or are we are we capable enough to tackle this project? You know, it happens to the best of us, right? But I think it's how we move through those obstacles that that makes us uh, better. And, you know, all I can do is share my experiences and share what has worked for me. And yeah, being one, just stopping and saying, hmm, do I genuinely think that I can do this? And if, if I say yes, you know, if I'm, you know, have sometimes I sit down and have conversations with myself, right? Where <laughs> yes, every day, all the time. <laughs> you got to pull yourself to the side and you got to say, hey, girl, do you, you know, is this something you want to do? Is this something you really care about? And if those, the answer to those two questions are yes, then it's okay. Well, you know, what can we do to make sure that we have the right skill set to tackle this? And once I think you have the right skill set, then you can tackle anything. You know, you just have to figure out which way you're going to tackle it. And sometimes it takes longer than other way. You know, it takes longer. Um, you know, but you never know how you, how you can overcome something. But as long as you give yourself some time, some grace, you know, don't think that you may always get it on the first try. Sometimes it takes the second, the third, the fourth try um, before you can you can finally succeed. Uh, and and you know, as long as you give yourself some grace um, and some time, uh, I think everything will always work out in the end as it's supposed to. And you know, so I'm 27 now. Um, and, and looking back even at my, you know, at who I was just a couple of years ago, one of the biggest pieces of advice, pieces of advice that I would have given myself was, Hey, Fanula, be a little more patient. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> was, you know, impatient with my journey and I knew that I wanted certain things to happen right now. And I was very, you know, persistent and I do think persistence is great, but having, you know, some patience and saying, you know what? in time, what is meant for me is going to come. I think that's exactly what I probably probably needed to hear. But now I at least know that. And in times where I tell myself, you know, um, oh, I wish I were doing this right now, or I hope that I can do this next, I tell myself patience. I think I've learned that a little bit more. You have to give yourself some grace to, to become the person that you want to be, right? It doesn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is definitely one of the lessons that I've also had to accept and learn is that it's it's such a struggle sometimes when you have a vision and you know exactly like what you want or like where you're heading or you where you want to go. But at the end of the day, it's like you need time, you need patience and you need to trust yourself that you're going to put, be putting the work in and um, that what is meant for you will 
will come to you, like you said. And definitely like something that I want to emphasize that you mentioned was like trusting your gut. I think getting in touch with like my intuition and fully listening to my gut was one thing that helped my confidence personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, just a recommendation for everyone out there. If there's one thing that I would recommend to start focusing on, it's just your intuition and your gut and trusting yourself because everything else, that's I feel like that's the strongest force that you can have sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's super important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Those are all really important things and things that I'm also working on myself. So um, that's great advice. So we talked about how you're pretty much like you're juggling a lot of things, right? You're an engineer, you're mission unstoppable correspondent, entrepreneur, you're going to be launching your company next year. But how do you can you tell us a little bit more about like how you balance your time and stay on top of, you know, competing priorities and all of these things that you're working on all at the same time? It is not without its difficulties. <laughs> um, I, I try my very best to be actually pretty strict with my schedule. Uh, I do um, get to work remotely. I've been working remotely for a couple of years, not just because of the pandemic. Um, I have an office that I sometimes would go to, but with the pandemic, I was working remotely most of the time. Um Uh, But sometimes I do, for example, have shoot days where I'm working on Mission Unstoppable and everything like that. Um, But I I do try to be pretty strict with my schedule where because I do work on so many different projects at once, I I do try as best as I can to uh, have structured days. Um, So Monday through Friday. But I do, most weekends I do work as well. But I I try to give myself enough time to to also have that valuable rest time so that, you know, you're you're prioritizing your health and your wellness. Um, But I I, I break it up into different ways. But uh, I I do try to balance things as best as I can and, it, it's it's not without its challenges, I'd say, um, but I do work with some really awesome people that I've learned a lot from from some really um, impressive mentors who they you know who they've shown me like your work ethic is is really important and and trying to do as much in a productive way as possible is more valuable than uh, spending a lot of time on something where you're maybe not as productive as you could be. Um, so I think productivity is more valuable than spending hours and hours and hours on something, um, making sure that you're hitting your targets and that you're getting things done. Uh, but, it, you know, I, I, I just try to balance my calendar <laughs> as best as possible and and I uh, and, and keep up with emails, you know, but but being pretty, pretty consistent with with all of those things, I think it, it just goes a long way. Um, uh, but I, I do I do make time for family and friends, and I uh, do make time to to 
relax and reset and, you know, maybe enjoy a film. I'm a, I, I'm a huge film buff. I, I love to watch um, all sorts of different kinds of films. Uh, so making sure that I have time to, to do the things that I love is important to me too, because I, I think, you know, you, you have to be enjoy, you have to enjoy um, all of your time. And, and I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, all day, every day should be all about work. You know, I, I love calling friends and calling family and catching up with them. And, and on the weekends, I love to get outside. And recently I have been so into the Peloton. I will tell you this. I have been so into the Peloton. It has been so fun. It was kicking my butt. <laughs> I don't want one. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It is like it is it is like the hardest thing ever. But it is so much fun. It's been kicking my butt and I've really been enjoying that. So just, you know, a lot in small a lot in moderation can go a long way. I like that. that. I like that <laughs> quote because I think that it is all about, you know, consistency. And I really like what you mentioned about like productivity, you know, versus like time being productive versus time overall in general. So that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. For example, you know, if I, if I have one hour that I can really dedicate to doing something, um, then I'll say, okay, no matter where I finish, you know, where I end um, with this, you know, maybe I'm writing something, you know, let's stick to one hour. So instead of uh, going back and forth saying, oh, well, I need more time to work on this and, and maybe, I, maybe I need more time to brainstorm, I'll just dedicate an hour to something, pause, keep moving throughout my day, and then set another hour to work on that, and then get as far as I can go with that, and then keep moving. Um, and I think that helps me, you know, that's one tool that I maybe could offer that um, helps me sometimes when I'm trying to get something done, just dedicate a certain amount of time to working on it. And then it, even if you're not finished, just setting it aside, keep continuing to move through everything else that you have to move through, and then coming back to it, having a specific time frame to continue working on that, that, that helps me to, to move through things sometimes instead of, you know, spending too much time on just one task and then not getting to everything else that I need to get to. I love that. I'm going to take that into account whenever I have to just, uh, sometimes you have just so much to do, but this is um, great, great advice. Um, do you make your, like, so you have projects outside of work. Do you, uh, does your manager or your coworkers or your boss, is, are they aware of all your involvements outside of work or if you have their time commitments um, does sometimes like interfere with your work day? Um, well, so the data nuts program, for example, it's, it's an open innovation program. So I work on a lot of different projects in general by my, I'm not really answering to too many people. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So I'm not answering to too many people. Um, in general from that perspective. But, um, you know, I work with a lot of different people from Mission Unstoppable, um, from Space Apps, uh, from even the Miss Universe, the Miss Universe Ireland organization. Um, when I was uh, Miss Universe, there, I mean, there's a lot of people I feel like I wind up having to answer to. <laughs> a lot of emails mm -hmm. I sent in a day, just trying to organize uh, different projects and stay on top of everything. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's just about having, you know, just working on good communication skills. Very important. I agree. Mm-hmm. 100%. So what advice would you give to other people who are interested in a career path similar to yours, uh, whether that be engineering or pageants? 
Um, I to anyone who is interested in in maybe a career trajectory similar to mine, um, working at the intersection of very different industries, I'd say uh, have it you know have an open mindset and and be open to maybe sharing your story. I think one of the things that has really greatly helped me has been sharing my interests with others and sharing all of the different things that I like to do with others. I think a lot of people can can relate to, to stories um, maybe like mine. And, and it, I think it makes it easier to be able to connect with others in a, in a really great way. Um, also, again, uh, being patient Sometimes it's, I look back and I go, oh, wow, I can see exactly now how the path that I was on got me here. But, you know, if I put myself in my own shoes when, you know, about 10 years ago, I would have not known <laughs> how everything was going to come together in the end at all. Um, so having faith in your path and in your journey, I think that's something that I'd, I'd say also um, – be open to because you you don't know how it's all going to come together in the end. But uh, trust trust your gut, trust your instincts, and uh, your feet will definitely carry you to where you want to go. I I couldn't agree more. That's so true. Definitely always trust your gut. It always leads you in the right direction. But yeah, so this has been really fun you know, talking to you and getting to know about all the amazing things that you're a part of and working on. Tell us, like, what are your future plans? Are there any things that you have in your mind that you are, you know, some goals that you might be going towards? Well, one one thing that I would love to do is to do some astronaut training. I've seen so many really – I've met some really awesome people that have done some astronaut training, whether they've tested out space – tested uh, space suits, um, they have maybe trained in zero gravity. Um, maybe they've done some scuba diving training. I, I would love to to try and do some training to see how it goes. Uh, I I have so much respect for so many of the the people that I meet that work in STEM. But now I've I've also fallen in love with space, and I, I keep up with all of the the news that's going on um, in the commercial space arena and with NASA, of course. Um, but yeah, I would love to try and and I'd love one of those experiences of my own to to maybe try and do some astronaut training um, and and to see how it goes. That would be something that I, I would love to 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 put out into the universe because maybe it'll come back around. <laughs> I'm putting it out in the universe right with you. If you come across any place where we can get that experience, I will come join you because <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm such a like an active person and love anything that has to do with like just challenging the body. So I've, I've always been really curious about like, you know, astronauts training. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm just one of those people that's always up for an adventure, right? Yeah. So I, I, there's so many different things that I, I, I want to do. Um, it, it, it would take forever to, to list it all out, but that's definitely one of the things that I think I'm like, wow, that would be awesome. So fingers crossed. That sounds like so much fun, especially zero gravity. I think yeah. that's one of the things I would really like to do if I got the chance. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, zero gravity flight would be amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, who knows? We, we'll see. But 
I, I want to thank you both for having me uh, on the podcast. This was really great to be able to sit down and, and virtually chat with you and, and yeah, get to, get to kind of meet you in, in a way. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, before we wrap up, though, do you want to let our listeners know where they can connect with you online, how they can find you? Yes, I am Figo Riley, F-I-G-O-R-E-I-L-L-Y, on TikTok, on Instagram, and Twitter, so you can connect with me on any of those platforms. Awesome. Thanks so much, Fig. This has been really fun. I'm so glad that I got to learn about all of the cool things that you're working on. And, you know, I'm definitely going to, we're going to continue following your journey and we'll stay in touch and keep a lookout for all the other amazing things you're going to be doing in the future. <laughs> Thank you so much. But all right, ladies, I will talk to you later and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Bye. Okay, everyone, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to leave us a review. And if you're able to, go to anchor.fm slash engineeringgals, and you can also leave us a donation. Share it with your friends, and we'll talk to you next Monday.